Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into How to Think More About Sex by Alain de Botton, an intriguing exploration of our sexual desires and the complexities surrounding them. De Botton invites us on a thoughtful journey, challenging us to confront the often uncomfortable topic of sex with philosophical rigor and practical wisdom. The book reveals a nuanced consideration of what sex means in our lives, looking beyond the mere act to the psychology that informs our desires. De Botton offers profound insights and practical advice for kindling and maintaining sexual interest in long-term relationships, arguing that sex can indeed be enjoyable once we dedicate more thought to it. Alain de Botton is a renowned author and philosopher who strives to make philosophy relevant in the modern world. His extensive body of work covers a range of human experiences, from architecture to the anxieties of social interactions. As the founder of the School of Life, he provides educational resources aimed at helping individuals find greater fulfillment in their lives. How to think more about sex is for anyone eager to better understand their own sexuality, fans of Freudian psychology, and those who ponder the deeper philosophical aspects of sex. It's also a valuable resource for those who have struggled with sexual dissatisfaction or the pain of romantic rejection. Join us as we unpack this thought-provoking book in just 20 minutes and empower yourself to think more about sex in a whole new light. How to Think More About Sex, Sage Sex Advice from a Philosophical Polymath Introduction, Delving into the Complexities of Desire, How Our Minds Shape Our Sex Lives Sex is indeed the question, and yet Alain de Botton proposes that the answer might be a bit more complex than a simple affirmative. In our quest for physical intimacy, we navigate deep-seated biological urges psychological intricacies, and a whirl of intense emotions. The journey through our sexual lives is akin to a traveler venturing into an intricate maze filled with paths of love, pain, vulnerability, and sometimes confusion. In this insightful exploration, de Botton, known for his thought-provoking forays into various aspects of human experience, offers us clarity on this profound subject. His guidance is like a thread through the labyrinth of desire, weaving through the evolutionary reasons for our attractions to the subtle ways in which our childhood shapes our erotic imaginations. This is not just an academic look at the mechanics of sex, it's a practical handbook to understanding and enhancing our intimate connections. Within the chapters of this candid examination, de Botton reveals clues to understanding our own sexuality. Discover why mundane objects from Loafers to wristwatches can fan the flames of arousal. Uncover the significance of clearly recognizing and communicating whether we're in pursuit of love or simply the physical act of sex. Contemplate the mysterious reason that passion's intensity may wane as the novelty of our lover's nakedness fades. As we delve deeper into this narrative, poised with the wisdom of philosophy and the tact of a friend, we find answers to some of our most private questions. The next chapters hold the keys to unlocking a more gratifying, emotionally sound, and less perplexing sex life. Part 1. Unraveling the Tangled Webs of Our Sexuality It's Not Just Biology 
During the liberating era of the 1960s, sex was catapulted from the secretive shadows to the sunlit table of mainstream discussion. Much like tennis, it was seen as an activity that might benefit one's well-being. Yet, for all the progressiveness of that time, moments of sexual unease and discomfort did not vanish with the lifting of taboos. The awkwardness that often shrouds our sexual discourse persists, leading us to wonder why something so fundamentally natural could feel so unnaturally complicated. As we peel back the layers of this sensitive subject, we begin by examining what sex is at its core. A biologist may point to sex and attraction as mechanisms driven by the evolutionary imperative to survive and thrive. Intelligence signals adaptability, strength acts as a marker of protection, and beauty, often judged by the symmetry of a face, reflects health and wellness. These factors weave an intuitive story of attraction. But if biology were the sole narrator, wouldn't everyone's tastes align neatly with these evolutionary principles? Clearly, there's more to the story. A biological perspective also paints pleasure as nothing more than nerve endings responding to stimulation, a nature's reward for continuing the species. However, this explanation falters when we consider the satisfaction gap between personal gratification through masturbation and the shared experience with a partner. Why does sex with others often carry a greater thrill? And how can one reconcile the puzzle of impotence in the presence of a partner who seems to be the personification of desirability? These are the questions that suggest biology is not the sole scriptwriter of our sexual experiences. When we scan the horizon for a deeper understanding of sexual awkwardness and intimacy, it's time to shift our gaze from the biological landscapes to the complex terrain of psychological development. Part 2. The Unspoken Dilemma, How Our Inner Desires Clash with Society's Mold. Imagine the quintessence of life as an infant, wrapped in the cocoon of unconditional love and attention. However, as we mature, this unwavering care recedes, leaving us to confront a reality where we gradually drift apart from the snug warmth of affectionate touch. It is this departure from infancy that marks the beginning of a profound sense of separation. With growth comes a distancing from not only those around us, but from direct contact with our own bodies. A child's innocent oblivion to nudity and physical touch transitions into a realm where the flesh becomes increasingly hidden and guarded. Layers of social etiquette envelop us, from covering our nudity regardless of climate to a handshake or brief embrace being the zenith of acceptable contact. These societal norms shroud us in a veil of modesty. Clothing, often unrelated to mere climate necessity, serves as a shield, a layer of dignity to protect us from the potential scrutiny of others. As we wade through the sea of daily interactions, there's an unspoken understanding that not only is casual sex off the table, but even the thought of it is likely to repulse. Personal space, too, is a sacred boundary, with most of us maintaining a subconscious buffer zone to avoid crossing into realms of discomfort with one another. Our conscious selves build these fortresses, these rituals of distance, reinforcing social order and self-discipline. But then, why does this intricate dance of restraint occur? The reason lies in the fundamental clash between our innate sexual urges and the personas we wish to project. 
Consider the adolescent boy awash with hormones, picturing the undressing of a peer or authority figure, a tantalizing but forbidden thought that he suppresses to adhere to the codes of conduct and to preserve his image as good in the eyes of others. In our quest to be good, certain expressions of affection may be sanctioned, hand-holding, a peck on the cheek, a tender kiss. But wander into the territory of unconventional desires and society's comfort wavers. Thus, as sexual beings, we navigate an ongoing conflict with societal norms, embodying self-restraint, yet yearning to break free from emotional seclusion. Sexuality becomes a means to bridge the chasm between our isolated selves and the connection we seek, an attempt to transcend the invisible barriers we've erected around us. Part 3. The Liberation of Intimacy. How Sex Affirms Our True Selves. Despite the specter of estrangement and societal taboos, there's a beacon of hope, the liberating power of a sexual connection. Intimacy summons us to a world where we can cast off the masks we wear, let down our guard, and honor our deepest desires. It paves the way for richer, more authentic relationships, fueled by candor and mutual understanding. Consider the pivotal role sex plays in harmonizing our carefully curated public selves with the parts of us we're taught to shroud in secrecy. Imagine for a moment our adolescent from earlier chapters now venturing into the world of dating. When he shares a mutually desirous kiss, the joy he feels stretches far beyond the mere physical touch. It's about affirmation. The same holds true for his first tentative and then embraceive sexual encounters. With every silent affirmation of each other's yearning, they're not just connecting bodies but validating unseen, intimate facets of themselves. This exploration is cathartic, transforming things once perceived as shameful into sources of joy and pride. It is a curious alchemy that turns the most private and shrouded parts of our person into treasures to be cherished. This revealing and appreciative exercise in mutual vulnerability intensifies trust and deepens the sense of connection. Moreover, the bedroom becomes a sanctuary where the constraints of civility can be safely discharged, where the aggression repressed in polite company can find expression in passionate embrace. Consider the woman who, in the throes of passion, silently prompts her partner to pull her hair, a gesture discordant with his gentle nature. Yet, in this context, it transcends propriety, and his acquiescence brings them both a thrilling pleasure with every unspoken secret that is shared and celebrated. The foundation of trust grows exponentially, freeing them to expose even more of their true selves in subsequent encounters. Such is the emancipating effect of sexual experiences. They allow us not just to bear our bodies, but to unfurl the nuances of our being without fear of censure. It's within this sphere of mutual approval that we find the joy of being truly seen, of having our genuine selves acknowledged and cherished without condition. In the next segment of our journey, we'll delve into the enigma of attraction, examining the question of why we gravitate towards certain partners and the multitude of factors that steer the heart's compass. Part 4. The Depths of Desire. How Psychology Influences Our Attractions. At the intersection where biology meets culture, we confront the profound role psychology plays in determining the pull of physical attraction. Though oft dismissed as superficial, our preferences in partners 
are not merely a matter of matching traits deemed evolutionarily advantageous. Beneath the beguiling surface of attraction lies a rich tapestry of psychological impulses and yearnings. This entwining of biology and psychology is aptly captured by Stendhal's poetic insight that beauty is the promise of happiness. Consider that the allure of a well-formed nose might not only signal robust health, but also kindle a subconscious promise of qualities like patience or warmth. The exterior becomes a portal through which we glimpse potential virtues, binding us in a deeper attraction beyond mere physicality. It turns out, what magnetizes us to others is often a reflection of what we perceive as missing in ourselves. This mirrors our engagement with art, where preference can be influenced by attributes we yearn for personally. An anxious spirit may be soothed by the tranquil expanses of Rothko, finding less solace in the tumultuous scenes of Goya. Extrapolating this to the sphere of human attraction, we find that celebrities like Scarlett Johansson and Natalie Portman are not only lauded for vitality, but for the qualities their visages seem to represent. Johansson's prominent cheekbones might suggest audacity to some, yet to others who felt overshadowed by dramatic personalities, they could be less enchanting. Conversely, the precision in Portman's features may draw those who crave the concentration and sharpness they feel they lack. This understanding of attraction, rooted in our psychological constitution, offers solace in knowing that our desires are not founded on shallowness but instead reflect a subconscious navigation towards personal growth and balance. As we turn the page to explore the realm of fetishes, remember, our attractions are complex tapestries woven by the threads of both our biology and psychological makeup, and each thread brings a unique depth to the picture of desire. Part 5. Decoding Desires, the Revelatory Power of Fetishes The mere mention of fetish might evoke images steeped in the exotic or taboo, but the reality is that fetishes dwell within the spectrum of all our desires. Whether it's the understated appeal of simple accessories or the more overt draw of leather and lace, fetishes serve as unique metrics of our longing. Understanding fetishes is akin to unearthing the treasures of the unconscious mind, and this introspective journey can alleviate feelings of alienation from one's own desires. Where does one begin this exploration? Childhood experiences are the echoing footsteps of our fetishes. They forge pathways that can shape the contours of our arousal in adulthood. Consider the man who finds himself enchanted by his partner wearing plain black loafers. This attraction is not just to the shoes, but to the history they embody. A history tied to the yearning for maternal love and presence that heel-clad nights out signified the absence of. Likewise, the woman whose heart quickens at the sight of her partner's vintage wristwatch isn't merely captivated by the object, but by a nostalgic connection to her late father. The timepiece serves as a totem to the cherished qualities she once lost and yearns to find again. Fetishes, therefore, are not trivial fantasies. They are the sparks that ignite the imagination and propel us toward the intangible virtues we subconsciously seek in our partners. It's not the visual cue alone that entices us, but what that cue symbolizes, comfort, security, familiarity, or adventure. The significance of fetishes extends beyond their capacity to simply trigger arousal. 
They are profound indicators of what fulfills us emotionally and what compels us to connect with others. By tracing our fetishes back to their origins, we do more than just reconcile with our peculiar tastes. We embrace the complex tapestry of needs and memories woven into our sexual beings. Embracing fetishes is not an indulgence for the few, but a journey of self-acceptance for the many. In recognizing and understanding the echoes of our past within our desires, we learn to nurture a sense of peace with the full spectrum of our sexuality. Part 6. Finding Harmony. Why Love and Sex Deserve Equal Consideration. At the heart of every relationship lies a tangle of needs, and among these, love and sex often vie for prominence. The conundrum of which need should prevail is a common quandary. However, recognizing both as integral and equally legitimate is key to forming and maintaining fulfilling relationships. Consider the dynamic between two strangers on a train who find an unexpected connection, torn by divergent desires. One yearns for the nurturing embrace of love, while the other indulges in thoughts of carnal pleasure. Their budding attraction roots in different soils. The discrepancy between these motivations, unless unveiled and reconciled, may doom the relationship to a cycle of concealment and frustration. The silent struggle to prioritize our needs is exacerbated by societal taboos. A man's open longing for love may be perceived as weakness, a woman's candid quest for sexual gratification as unrefined. So the question arises, amid the minefield of judgments and expectations, how does one walk the line between these desires with integrity? The answer lies in dismantling the hierarchy of validity that we often place on the need for love over sex or vice versa. Acting under false pretenses to satisfy either desire inevitably leads to a web of dishonesty, whether it's a fleeting romance masquerading as lasting affection or a deep connection disguised as casual entanglement. Moral judgments aside, it's the weight of the societal taboos attached to these desires that often impedes us. Being attuned to our own intentions and open to the expressed wishes of others creates a space where love and sex can coexist without guilt or subterfuge. Honesty is the compass that guides this voyage. It is through truthful communication of our needs that we can mitigate the sting of rejection and prevent the heartache of unmet expectations. It's about understanding that neither love nor sex needs to take precedence, but rather each should be embraced as a fundamental, autonomous aspect of our being. As we learn to articulate what we seek and listen empathetically to the desires of others, we pave a path toward more authentic connections. Recognizing the validity of both love and sex sets the groundwork for relationships rooted in mutual respect and understanding, allowing us to flourish in the interplay of our most profound human needs. Part 7. Embracing the impersonal nature of rejection. It's not about you. Navigating the uncharted waters of attraction often leads us to the rocky shores of rejection, a place that can feel starkly personal. Yet, rejection should be viewed through a different lens, one that recognizes it for what it truly is, an impersonal and natural occurrence. When someone declines romantic interest, it may feel like an indictment of our very essence, confirming our insecurities and augmenting our sense of solitude. 
To be told that friendship is all that's on offer can send us spiraling into a chasm of self-contempt, questioning our worth and very existence. However, it's essential to dissect the mechanics of rejection. Fundamentally, it boils down to someone not experiencing the spark of attraction, a decision that isn't born from malice or judgment, but is rather an involuntary reaction, as spontaneous and uncontrollable as our preference for a certain flavor of ice cream. It's a gut response, devoid of volition. Remembering this can be a balm in the acute sting of being rebuffed, just as we ourselves rely on our instincts when we are the ones doing the rejecting. We must understand that not being someone's type isn't a reflection of our value as individuals. It's time we stop taking rejection as a personal affront, much like early civilizations ceased interpreting every rainstorm or drought as divine pleasure or wrath. Meteorology taught us that weather patterns arise from a complex interplay of environmental factors, not the capriciousness of the gods. Similarly, Psychoanalysis unveils the unseen currents that shape our behaviors and affinities. The next time rejection looms, consider it as no more than an incident of bad atmospheric luck. Recognize that the absence of mutual attraction isn't a declaration against your character, but merely the result of subconscious influences predating conscious choice. By viewing rejection within this broader framework, we lighten its weight upon our hearts which not only soothes the immediate pain, but also aids in preserving the relationships we do have. This perspective opens the way to a greater understanding that sometimes no really is just that, and nothing more. The clouds may gather and the winds may blow, but just like the weather, the storm of rejection shall pass, leaving us unscathed in our true worth. Part 8. Coping with the Sexual Realities of Committed Relationships the romantic notion holds that committing to a long-term relationship should usher in an era of consistent passion and insulate us from the chill of rejection. Reality, however, tells a different tale. The notion that enduring partnerships guarantee an active sex life and absolve us from the risk of being rebuffed is a myth, and believing it sets us up for greater disappointment. Take a long-term couple preparing for bed. The scene is intimate yet the once thrilling sight of a partner's body may no longer quicken the pulse as it did in the early days of courtship. When nudity becomes a quotidian feature of domesticity, it can lose its tantalizing edge. The intoxicating aura of flesh once hidden is dispelled, rendering the naked body as banal as any other anatomical part. It's a paradox of long-term love that regular intimacy can lead to the erosion of eroticism. But the sting doesn't stop there. When we pledge our lives to someone, we don't expect to face rejection within the sanctuary of our relationship. The pain of being turned down by a stranger is transient. But when the person we've woven into our very fabric of being rebuffs us, it can feel like an intimate betrayal. Despite our hopes, marriage doesn't shield us from rejection. Quite the opposite. It can amplify the hurt due to the intimacy shared and the expectations projected. What, then, is the antidote to this aspect of companionship? The remedy lies not in shielding ourselves from rejection, but in reframing our response to it, recognizing that resistance to sex is a commonplace element within all relationships, including the most loving ones, 
can lessen the blow. It's crucial to remember that not all rejections reflect on us or our desirability. There are myriad reasons why a partner might not be in the mood, and few of them are personal slights. Appreciating that rejection is part and parcel of the shared human experience can soften the impact. Marriage, though cherished, is not a panacea for the complexities of sexual relationships. As our narrative unfolds, we'll explore how embracing the challenges marriage poses to our sex lives could help us navigate these murky waters with greater ease and understanding. Part 9. The Delicate Dance Juggling Eroticism with the Familiarity of Domestic Life In the sacred dance of love and life, the harmony between the salacious and the routine can be elusive. When we intertwine our domestic existence with the one we're sexually involved with, we face the daunting task of reconciling these incongruous elements of life, a task fraught with complexities. The crux of the challenge is this. The escapades of sex are often about surrendering to the moment, throwing caution to the wind in a celebration of spontaneity and pleasure. Home life, by contrast, demands a degree of stewardship and order, where control is not relinquished but firmly grasped. The disorderly nature of passion poses a perpetual threat to the meticulously managed day-to-day. The paradox here isn't that we shy away from the delights of the flesh because they aren't pleasurable but rather because they clash with our homemaking duties. Initiating the intimate act requires a shedding of layers, not just of clothing, but of ego and inhibition. It's an invitation to vulnerability, a foray into realms that may seem superfluous or even silly amid more sober discussions of finance or household chores. This sharp transition from discussing which dishwasher fits the kitchen aesthetic to donning exotic attire for an erotic encounter is, for many, a bridge too far. The conundrum extends beyond incompatible registers. We often consign our partners to dual and often mutually exclusive categories. The Madonna-Whore dichotomy, more commonly attributed to men, finds its counterpart in the nice-guy-bastard framework. Each complex suggests a division between those we revere for their virtues and those we desire for their vices. Unifying these polarizing identities in the eyes of our partner is as difficult as it is daunting. Navigating these dualities necessitates transparency about our expectations and cravings, laying bare the desires that shape both our amorous and domestic identities. Melding the sacred with the ordinary is a tightrope act, sometimes leaving couples at an impasse where desire dwindles. As we venture forth, our discussion turns to the pitfalls of excessive familiarity and the ways in which it can diminish the flames of passion. Part 10. Seeing your partner in a different light. Navigating the shift from romance to familiarity. As the tapestry of relationships unfolds over time, the way we view our partners inevitably shifts. The lens through which we once saw an enigmatic lover begins to refocus gradually portraying them in the more platonic light of kinship. The mundane regularity of shared life can render our partners as innocuously familiar as the furniture that populates our households, undermining the mystique of their sensuality. This evolution in perception introduces an unexpected character into the narrative of our love lives, the incest taboo. This psychological concept holds its origins in our early experiences of affection. 
imprinted on us by those whom cultural norms forbid as sexual partners. As we grow to love our adult partners, they intrinsically take on the role of family, leading to a subconscious nudge against expressing our sexuality with them. This metamorphosis is evident not only in the dynamics of intimacy, but sometimes even in the semantics of endearment. Parents in a long-term partnership may slip and refer to each other using the appellation mom or dad, verbal missteps that unveil our subconscious equivalents of partner and parent. And therein lies the dilemma. How do we maintain erotic desire for a person who has come to emblemize family? It's a predicament that leaves no room for a simple exit. One might think that slingshotting into the arms of a younger partner could be the antidote to this familiar ennui, zapping the stale air of domesticity with a spark of novelty. But this is a superficial solution, for eventually, even the new becomes old and the taboo resurfaces. The sustainable path forward doesn't involve seeking novelty externally, but cultivating a new internal perspective on the partner we're already committed to. By consciously unraveling our subconscious parallels between love and family, we can reconnect with the individual identity of our partners. It's in this conscious effort that solutions lay hidden. Resisting the allure of quick fixes and dedicating ourselves to revitalizing our perceptions of our partners can reignite the flames that once burned bright. Rather than seeking a fresh page with someone else, we're tasked with redrawing the existing lines that have faded, rediscovering the unique person with whom we chose to share our life's journey. Part 11, Rekindling Romance, Creative Ways to Reignite the Spark. When the fervor of romantic passion subsides into faint smolder, do not be disheartened. Even the faintest embers have the potential to burst into flame anew, transforming the wistful remembrance of early ardor into present vibrancy is within reach. Herein lie a few sparks to set your partnership ablaze once more. One tactic to consider is a touch of polyamory, kindling excitement by inviting another into the romantic hearth. This exploration isn't for everyone. It demands a partnership free from the tethers of jealousy. But for those who venture forth, it can be an exhilarating reinvigoration. Observing another's desire for our partner can, paradoxically, reignite our own latent passions, giving us a chance to witness our partner through a newcomer's eyes of admiring novelty. However, there's no need to leap into such bold waters immediately. Something as simple as a novel backdrop can stir dormant desires. A stay at a gallery hotel, with its absence of domestic routine, can romance the familiar into the exotic, allowing partners to view each other through the veil of temporary anonymity. Another approach is to don the mantle of the artist, to scrutinize our partner not as a fixture of daily life, but as a subject of endless fascination worthy of exquisite attention. Consider how the artist Manet could take the mundane asparagus and, through the mastery of his brush, unveil its layered grandeur. It wasn't alchemy, it was a profound testament to the power of perception, a demonstration that awe can be birthed from the everyday. By adopting a similar gaze upon our partners, we reignite the awareness of why we once fell in love, fostering continuous discovery in the person beside us. While the temptations of infidelity and the hollow allure of pornography lurk as seemingly convenient alternatives, 
they offer no substantive solution to the challenge at hand. As we progress, we shall delve deeper into why these paths, though seemingly straightforward, may not lead to the gratification they promise. Part 12. Reimagining Erotica, Learning Lessons from Sacred Art. In today's digitally drenched world, pornography amasses staggering viewership, monopolizing the time and attention that could be channeled into life's myriad other pursuits. This preoccupation with porn poses a dilemma, luring us away from higher aspirations and trivializing the unavoidable challenges inherent to life's journey. At its core, the instant gratification that porn provides hampers our capacity to navigate life's less pleasant aspects such as anxiety or tedium. In lieu of combating inner turmoil or awaiting the gentle nudge of inspiration, porn often becomes the reflexive escape at the first signs of discomfort, much like a quick swig of intoxication or a hit of a narcotic. But beyond the distraction, pornography may pose a more subtle threat. It often demands the temporary suspension of our virtues and intellectual engagement. It starkly contrasts with the enriching experience of consuming art that touches upon the profound, film that taps into our emotional depths and appeals to our sense of beauty and morality. So if pornography isn't going anywhere, perhaps it's in dire need of redefinition, one found in the reverent echoes of religious art. Ponder the evocative works like Botticelli's Madonna of the Book, where the spiritual rises subtly intertwined with sensual undertones. The possibility of an eroticism that uplifts, that enlightens rather than enervates, isn't beyond our reach. If pornography could aspire to the spiritual heights of sacred art, reaching for virtues such as compassion and grace while entwining with sensuality, it could bridge the rift between desire and higher ideals. We wouldn't have to forego sexual intrigue to preserve our principles. Yet, a measure of selective censorship could be beneficial our volition often faces a Herculean battle against the Internet's siren calls. Enforcing some level of restraint may not only aid in maintaining focus on our immediate duties, but also foster a society more attuned to productivity and caring, virtues inadvertently eroded by pornography. Acknowledging our vulnerabilities to the seductive power of erotica might pave the way for a transformative renaissance in sexual artistry. Confession isn't just good for the soul. It can inadvertently clear the avenues for nurturing a more enriching and purposeful exploration of sexuality. Part 13. Navigating the Nuanced Terrain of Fidelity and Infidelity The temptations and taboos surrounding infidelity weave a complex narrative around human relationships. While extramarital affairs are generally viewed unfavorably in public discourse, pondering an affair can still elicit a clandestine thrill. To condemn infidelity unequivocally is to overlook its multifaceted nature. Let's consider the human condition. Isn't an interest in experiences outside our primary partnerships reflective of a vibrancy, a curiosity about life? After all, Life's finite nature often tugs at our biological urge for novelty and variety. Can desires that are so deeply ingrained in our essence be simply labeled as wrong? Responsibility for infidelity is also a question worth pondering further. While society often vilifies the unfaithful, it's not always fair to assign blame solely to the betraying party. 
relationships are shared endeavors, and the journey that leads one to stray is often paved with mutual neglect, be it emotional distance, lack of affection, or failure to inspire one another. Furthermore, the expectations draped upon the modern marriage exacerbate the potential for affairs. Historically, the concept that a single partner should fulfill our every need, sexual, emotional, and familial, is a novelty. This is a heavy burden for any union to bear, lit with the fuse of potential discontent. Despite this context, the virtue of fidelity deserves its tribute. Commitment to one partner involves monumental self-restraint and is indeed nothing short of an exciting sexual renunciation. The fantasy-driving infidelity conceals a harsher truth. No affair can single-handedly repair or circumvent the complexities of a difficult marriage. Instead, it risks eroding the bedrock of trust and companionship that the relationship is built upon. And while alternate paradigms like open relationships exist, they often lead to further emotional entanglements and turmoil. The steadfastness of fidelity is commendable precisely because of its difficulty. It is a testament to the individual's capacity for self-denial and generosity towards their spouse. This sacrifice, while not intrinsically joyous, reflects a profound act of love and regard for the well-being of the family unit. In navigating the realms of fidelity and infidelity, it's perhaps wise to hold space for understanding, complexity, and perhaps shared accountability. Yet, let's not forget to extend gratitude and respect towards those who choose the arduous path of faithfulness, recognizing their quiet heroism in the name of love and loyalty. Final Summary Sex occupies a unique space in the human experience, simultaneously providing profound joy and inducing deep discomfort. Despite its omnipresence, discussions about sex frequently carry an undertone of unease, leaving us grappling with unspoken complexities. Embarking on a contemplative exploration of sexuality allows us to unearth the labyrinthine motivations that underpin our desires, affording us a clearer path towards more fulfilling connections. The biological undercurrents of attraction give us only a partial understanding of our cravings for intimacy. By considering psychological influences, we gain insight into why certain traits or individuals mesmerize us and how our past experiences shape our present affections. Fetishes, often perceived as peculiar, can actually serve as windows to our souls, revealing our hidden longings and life history. In relationships, we wrestle with balancing the demands of everyday life and sustaining the spark of passion. As domestic familiarity risks dampening the flames of desire, the complex dynamics of long-term partnerships heighten the challenges of intimacy and fidelity. Adultery, while not outright commendable, can sometimes reflect a natural yearning for vibrancy and diversity inherent in human nature. It compels us to view fidelity in a new light, not as a default expectation, but as a commendable act of devotion. In contending with the seductive ease of pornography and the escapist lure of infidelity, we are reminded that the pursuit of sexual contentment need not come at the cost of intellectual and moral engagement. By transforming how we engage with erotica and acknowledging the sacrifices inherent in staying faithful, we forge deeper connections that resonate with both our primal instincts 
and our aspirations for virtuous living. In the final analysis, thinking more about sex is not merely a matter of indulging curiosity, but of pursuing self-awareness and sincerity in our approach to relationships. Through introspection and openness, we can align our sexual journeys with the quest for more thoughtful, fulfilling partnerships. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.